Animaniacs, welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Dave, and this is it. This is the last show before Dragon Con. Now, uh, normally we put a show up each and every Friday at NeedlessThingsPodcast.com. This is Wednesday, but this is Wednesday because today's episode is a great conversation with the Dragon Con puppetry track director, Mr. Bo Brown, uh, who I would also mention is uh, sort of the co-host of the show at one point. That was a gimmick we were doing. Uh, Bo's awesome. He's got a great, super busy year lined up. It's going to be a really good time. You guys are going to enjoy this conversation. Uh, we really focus on uh, what's going on, like the purpose of the puppetry track and the guests, and also the National Puppet Slam, which is once again in Atlanta this year, concurrent with Dragon Con. So Bo's got a lot going on, you people. Uh, it's going to be crazy for him. Uh, all right, before I get into my final day of Dragon Con schedule. Last week, uh, on last week's episode, I gave you my Friday and Saturday schedule. Today, I'm really quickly going to run down my Sunday schedule. And you can also go to NeedlessThingsPodcast.com and look at this past Monday's post for a full listing of all of the Needless Things Irregulars, uh, the panels that we're going to be on. Because it's not just me. You can also hear from our friends Beth, Ryan, Nicole, and more on uh, many panels across Dragon Con, and, and they're all listed right there. And uh, they're also, get the Dragon Con app. I put it over uh, during the episode, but uh, you know you need the app. Uh, you can go in there and find me under Phantom Troublemaker and check out every panel that I'm going to be on. Uh, and also, like I said, Needless Things podcast uh, this past Monday, all the panels are there, plus a few notes about... Uh, what I hope for, what I expect, what's going on, that sort of thing. Uh, it, it's a fun, fun pre-Dragon Con read. All right. So I got up today. I, I am currently in day one of 11 days off of my day job. Now, granted, over the next uh, several days through uh, Labor Day, well, no, Labor Day will actually be the end of it, but uh, through Sunday, I will be working harder than I ever work at my day job, but it's a delight to be doing this for Dragon Con, for the people at Dragon Con, for everybody that comes to the Big Damn Game Show, uh, for everybody that comes to all of our panels. Uh, this is rewarding. I love it, and it's the hardest work I do all year long. Uh, well, the hardest planned work I do uh, all year long, but it is also my favorite and the best. So today I got up. I'm, I'm sticking to my walking regimen. I've been eating very, very clean. Uh, I got up this morning and I walked. And while I was walking, I mean, I, I really... It's funny because the walk takes about two hours out of my day. Uh, I don't just walk out of the house and get on the street because in our neighborhood people drive like lunatics. So I actually do drive to a local park. Uh, it's not all that far away. But between driving to the park... Uh, walking three miles, driving back home, and then sort of uh, uh, cooling down. Because I, when I say walk, I'm not. It's not a leisurely stroll. Uh, it is 
just shy of power walking, I guess. Like I walk fast enough for it to be more beneficial than a mosey, but not so fast that I look like a lunatic, if that makes sense. Uh, so anyway, I get back home, I cool down for a few minutes, take a shower. Uh, so this, I mean, it's essentially uh, probably not two hours out of my day, but an hour and a half out of my day. But the funny thing is, even though I'm losing that chunk of time uh, for for what you would consider standard productivity, uh, making lanyards, uh, putting things together for panels, packing, doing all the things that have to be done uh, before Wednesday night. Because uh, my cutoff, uh, well, technically my cutoff is Wednesday at 2 because I'm going to go pick my son up from school and then it's just family time the whole rest of the day. Uh, but things that have to be done. But I, I get out and I take these walks and I have time to think and I have time to like just getting my body going makes me so much more productive for the remainder of the day that it's worth sacrificing the time to invest it in my energy and productivity. And I, th- I thought about that going in today. And I also thought about the fact that uh, I, I feel, it's funny, I feel old. But I have friends who are around 10 years younger than me who are starting to feel old. Which, which when intellectually makes me feel even older. But physically, I, I kind of realized like we almost age in decades because my, my son is 10. He'll be turning 11 this year. And uh, I feel like the growth from birth to 10 is probably, like, the most growth we do. So that's, like, a a certain era of just hugely advanced growth intellectually and physically. 10 to 20 is where you learn, like, to function, really. Like, physically, you're going to grow a little more. Uh, but you really sort of learn to function in society to a certain extent. And I'm not saying everybody's good at it at that point, but that's when you're really learning it. 20 to 30 is you're figuring out what being a, a human, you're figuring out yourself. Uh, and 20 to 30 is, is the years that, uh, I've said this over and over and over again, uh, younger people, you have to take advantage of. You have to do things. I don't care what those things are, but just get out and do them. Don't take a retail job and just sit there. Don't uh, don't just go to college and go straight into a thing. Get out and do things. Or if you want to go to college and go straight into a profession, if that's really what your heart desires, then freaking do that. But just from 20 to 30, you do whatever you want to do. Take advantage because that's the only time you get to go out and really make mistakes that in the long run aren't going to matter. And I'm not talking about crime here, but like financial stuff and, you know, living off of washing dishes while you travel around the country or whatever crazy thing you do, take those years to do it. 30 is when you start to feel old and you start to feel like uh, sort of cocooning or nesting a bit like I'm not saying your ambition and drive goes away but it's I think it's the point where a certain amount of settling of your soul starts to occur and then once you hit 40 
I, I don't know what 40 is yet because I'm only 42. Uh, uh, 10 years from now, I'll come back to you guys and I'll tell you what I think this decade was all about for me personally. Uh, but anyway, I, I feel like to a certain extent we live a decade at a time and uh, I'm very jealous of the people 20 and 30 years older than me. But at the same time, I'm going to take every bit of my energy and every bit of my passion and put it into doing all of the things that I want to do as much as I can possibly do that. So there you go. Uh, there's there's a little something. So real quick, uh, speaking of energy and passion, here is my Sunday at Dragon Con. Oh man, I owe. If I see you at Dragon Con, and you say, "Hey Dave, I heard your phone go off during that last episode," I will buy you a beer, uh, because or give you a beer uh, if, if I'm carrying them around. I, I, the reason my phone is on is because I've got so much stuff going on today. I'm literally sitting here with two screens up on the PC, uh, three apps open in my phone, sending messages, putting out fires. It's it's crazy time. So I, I apologize for that ringtone, but I, I feel like you probably can understand. All right, Sunday. Sunday morning at 11.30 a.m., they live all out of bubblegum for 30 years. Uh, the dearly departed rowdy rowdy piper starred in this john carpenter movie it's fantastic it's awesome we're doing a panel about it it's going to be lots of fun i had entertained thoughts of trying to get myself a blue plaid shirt and showing up in that jeans and some hiking boots but there's just too much i've i've had to trim away a couple of my cute little ideas because it's just not practical i've got too much going on uh 1 p.m rick flair an hour with the nature boy in the oh, and the uh, the they live panel is in the classics track room, uh, Marriott M one hundred three one hundred five. The Ric Flair panel is in the Hilton Grand West, and it is an hour with the Nature Boy. My intention is to have a conversation with him for an hour, unless he says no, I want to do a Q and A. In which case, we'll line people up and do a Q and A. But I would really like to treat this as a focusing on the life and legacy of Ric Flair. Uh, really treat it like an interview. And obviously, that's a little different from if I was sitting down with him one-on-one. It's a little different if we were doing it across Skype. This is in front of a live audience. So so it will be handled as such. But we'll see what happens. Uh, one way or the other, though, I'm going to be sitting at a freaking table with Ric Flair, which is insane to me. Uh, 5.30 p.m. on Sunday. The Joy of Joe. This one uh, was my idea that I pitched to Joe and Gary. It is not the Joy of Joe Crow. It's the Joy of G.I. Joe. And it's people who contributed to the Joy of Joe book that I contributed to, and which you'll be able to get from me at DragonCon, uh, will be will be sitting down on a panel and talking about GI Joe. I, there's I, there's one on there that I'm not too sure actually contributed to the book. I don't know what's going on with that, uh, but maybe maybe he did and I overlooked it somehow. I don't know, but it doesn't matter because we're going to talk about GI Joe and it's going to be great. And anybody that wants to talk about GI Joe is a okay with me. Sunday at 7 p.m., the Halloween 40th anniversary panel. This one, uh, I did a good bit. When I'm the moderator for a panel, I put a little more research time in because here's how I look at things. If I'm on a panel at Dragon Con, I'm on it. I, I would be comfortable waking up in the morning and talking about that thing with just what's in my head. Because my, you guys know I don't share internet facts. I share personal experiences, memories, feelings, things like that. Uh, so any panel that I'm on, I could spend an hour talking about that topic anytime out of nowhere. Uh, 
But if I am the moderator for a panel, I do sit down and do a little bit more research. Now, now for anything like for They Live, I rewatch They Live, uh, you know, because I do want to freshen up. But my my base stance is I need to be able to discuss it for an hour without having seen it in however long I, I've seen it. But for Halloween, sat down, watched Halloween, uh, watched a documentary about Halloween that the awesome Mary Mancusi, who will also be on the panel, uh, put up on my page. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a great time. I love the horror track, and I'm bummed that I'm only doing this one panel for them this year, but hopefully next year we'll get more. Uh, so Halloween, 40th anniversary in the West End, Peachtree 1 and 2, in the horror track room. And then finally, the last panel of the weekend, Dawn of the Dead, the 40th Zombiversary, and this one is going to be a blast. I love the late-night Sunday panels. I kind of wish it was in the horror track room because the Weston is just so cool for that Sunday night panel but at the same time the Marriott will be this is in the classics track room Marriott M103-105 uh, will be right there so like as soon as we're done it's party time although now that I'm thinking about it I believe the puppet slam is in the Weston so that actually would have been a whole lot more convenient but anyway uh, Dawn of the Dead panel we are going to be talking about the original and the remake, because the remake is also... I can't remember what year right now off the top of my head, but it, but it is also celebrating an anniversary or, or a number of years out, whatever it is. Uh, this panel uh, also features our pals Nicole and Beth and Michael George Williams, who I don't know, but who I'll be super good friends with after Dragon Con, because that is the magic of Dragon Con. All right, you guys, I've got tons to do. You've got a great conversation with Mr. Bro Brown to listen to about puppetry and the puppetry track and the National Puppet Slam and the different quadrants of the puppetry track this year, which I found to be particularly interesting, and I think you guys will too. So let's do it. Let's kick it off. You guys, I love you for for listening every single week uh, if you're checking in for the first time because it's dragon con coverage please visit needlessthingspodcast.com uh, and check out all the wonderful people that we work with there it's a great bunch of folks and i'm proud to have to to be involved with them at dragon con this year and and that we all have the opportunity to sit down and entertain the dragon con attendees all right that's it that's all i got Listen to Bo, and then next week we got a whole new thing because it's when we'll start posting the panels from Dragon Con. So be sure to come back next week. All right, let's. Here's here's where I want to start, and and what's funny is this may not have any relevance to you whatsoever, but you shared uh, the other day on the Facebook a thing about Hilton doing the the Hilton Hotel, which is my hotel that I stay at, uh, doing a Jurassic Park thing. What what do you know about this? I know I know I know what's in that Facebook post. Okay. Okay. I was. I know nothing. I, I, I was wondering because I love the idea that the that a hotel is getting in on it. Okay. I love that idea. And that they're actually doing a theme, and they've got this I, huge schedule of events and like DJs. See, and... like it's brilliant. That that's you know what that is. 
that's somebody like me who's working at the Hilton going, right, right. guys, this is a gold mine opportunity. We just have to fucking figure it out. Now, if they would just that is figure somebody out... that is that is a me working at the Hilton. Yeah, that's absolutely connecting what it the is. dots and fucking fucking being smart and figuring it out. If they would just figure out to do the reservations the same way the Hyatt does, yeah, they'd be in such good shape. All right, so that doesn't technically have what I wondered because supposedly they're going to have some way, shape, or form dinosaurs walking around. And my hope... Well, that's why I shared it. I mean, it was like, right. dude, there's fucking dinosaurs. Let's fucking do this shit. My Let's hope... Let's bring your fucking dinosaurs to the Hilton. You was know I mean? that, like, there would be puppetry involved with the dinosaurs, but now I'm suspecting it's going to be those big inflatable T-Rex costumes, which, look, that's fine, hey, man, too. those things are fun. Whatever. That's fine, too. But, yeah. uh, all right, so let's move along, since there, that's, that is not anything that you're involved with in any way this year. No way. Not this not, year. Not me, no. <laughs> uh... So what's going on? What's going on puppetry wise, man? What are you what are you excited about? What are we doing this year? I have four main categories this year. I have four four lovely distinct main categories. Okay. So let's break those down. Um we've got the Henson Group, we've got Henson Company, we've got Sesame Street, we've got the National Slam cast that comes through every two years to perform the National Puppet Slam at the Center of Puppetry Arts, and we'll be doing that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Which means myself and the entire cast, Moo goes over to the center, we, we do that amazing show, the best Puppet Slam acts from all across the country, one show, and then we come back to Dragon Con. And then I am just over the moon... To finally have Mystery Science Theater 3000 find its home in the puppetry track. So absolutely fantastic. This this is a dream come true for me. It really is. Because um, at the end of the day, all Mystery Science Theater 3000 programming has always fallen under main programming. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they don't fall into a track. There is not a single track that can say, oh... Yeah, Mystery Science Theater is, is in our track. It is this it is this weird little platypus of a <laughs> show that that does not fit into any category, but I'll tell you what, you know what it is? It's a fucking puppet show. It absolutely is. So I am I'm I'm completely amazingly honored to have been working with Joel uh for months now, working on puppetry track programming, there's some Mystery Senate Studio 3000 programming that's also in, in main programming. But the fact that I have a puppetry of Mystery Senate Studio 3000 panel with Joel in the puppetry track is it, it is it is a feather in my cap. It is it is a it is a benchmark in in what we've done. Um, and I and I couldn't be prouder. And to be completely, you know, honest, working with Joel this entire time has been amazing. Him and his team are really easy to work with and wonderful, and very understanding of of the limitations that that I work under, and have been very accommodating. And it's just been it's been fantastic. Um, I'm I'm that that's I mean, there's a lot of amazing things that are happening in the track this year. But I think that that addition, because it's new, um, is one of my 
one of my favorite things that we're doing this year. Well, and it's perfect too because I mean, if if you know Joel Hodgson's history, like it it completely lines up with with everything that you do in the track. Like obviously, yes, puppetry of MST3K, but even just Joel himself has done so many different things and is such a. I, that's one of the things I notice about puppetry guests is very rarely none of them literally just stick their hands in a puppet and go they all are these multi-talented jack and jill of all trades like they're fascinating individuals with interests in so many different directions and and joel talk about this in his panel um but you know he got he got interested in ventriloquism and the bots are actually rigged mostly like ventriloquist dummies Mm -hmm. um because that's that was his that was one of his inroads to puppetry and i had the absolute honor of giving joel uh, a a tour of the museum at the center of puppetry arts while they were in town to do the live show at at the symphony yes and he was he is such a puppet nerd he was geeking out about everything he knew he knew everything and he worked at Henson, you know, and and he worked at Henson for a while, and and then you know eventually moved on to do his own thing. But like, he's he's a gigantic puppet nerd, and it was just like geeking out with any other puppet nerd that that I'm friends with, you know, in my beautiful circle of puppet nerd friends. And I was just like, oh my god, you're you're so accessible. You're just like us, you know. Um, yeah, he's. Was, I mean, that's, amazing. I, I'm very excited because I've I've listened to a number of of. Inter- I'm actually. It's funny. I'm actually more of a fan of Joel Hodgson than I am of MST3K. Like, he's sure. As I said, he's fascinating. He does so many different things, and I've listened to a number of long form interviews with him where he talks. And I won't go into it here, obviously, because that's for Dragon Con. Uh, but anybody listening, that is interested in people who just keep going and try different things and do everything that they can, uh, which I think is the best way to live your life. Uh, the The guy is, is amazing, and, I, and I'm looking forward to seeing him speak live and in person. Uh, that That's definitely one of the highlights for me, and, and I think that for everybody else. So within the puppetry track, we are doing uh, – Puppetry of MST3K, so that'll be Joel and Grant, um, who works on the new show. Uh, he he plays one of the new bots and performs in the live the live touring show. Uh, and then we're then uh, Mystery Senate 2000. The panel will, which is like a retrospective of Cross. Uh, it'll have lots of guests from all of the iterations of the show. Those are in the puppetry track. Then there are uh, other MST3K events that fall into main programming. There's a uh, MST3K Return to the Satellite of Love, which is mostly about the new show, so Shaday and, and all that. Um, and then there's a huge, the, the, basically what is the traditional MST3K event that's run by my friend Daniel Griffith, um, which is actually was my, knowing him, was my foot in the door with MST3K. Daniel, Daniel and I ended up being booth neighbors at uh, Chattacon back when we were still doing the Sci-Fi oh, Janitors okay. stuff. And Daniel is an amazing guy. He he's been on he the show. Creates um, Blu-ray like he 
he he resurrects part of what is it what he does uh, with Ballyhoo Productions. I should get you an interview with him. If I, yeah, Bo, Bo, you already have. Oh yes, I already have. <laughs> what a great idea, Bo! If only I did that. That's how that's how amazing yeah. you are. You're you're like two years ahead of yourself. <laughs> Thanks, past self. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Daniel was my was my foot in the door with MSGDK, and and because he creates all their DVDs and all their all their all their Blu-ray sets and everything, um, and and so he was my foot in the door, and he introduced me, and um, uh, I, I'm 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 happy to, I feel like I'm safe to say this. Uh, we will be doing a fundraising campaign at the Center for the Arts very soon to uh, acquire to do everything that we need to uh, acquire Tom Sur- at least Tom Servo and Crow in the permanent collection at the Center for Puppetry Arts. Oh, wow. Which is a dream of mine. I feel that it's incredibly important. Uh, the, the show, with its 30-year history, uh, is an incredibly important part of, um, of the history of American puppetry. Um, and to have Tom and Crow in the museum collection represent American, modern American puppetry, you know, to, to quote... Uh, Indiana Jones, it belongs in a museum. And this has been something that's been my passion project that I've been working on in the background at the center for like about two years, and it's finally happening. And so um, for those of you who are, are interested in Mystery Senate Secret 3000, when the, when, the, when the fundraiser goes live, please donate $5, $10, whatever you want. Uh, we have some cool... Uh, tiers, some reward. We have some cool rewards all lined up, but that will mean that Tom and Crow will be able to live at the center uh, in perpetuity in the, in, the, in our collection. So um, it's a big deal for us. Uh, it's a big deal, and I think it's very respectful of Mystery Senate Theater 2000 and Joel's legacy to have them represented in the museum. Yeah, absolutely. That that for sure needs to happen, and we'll we'll keep everyone posted on what's going on with that as it happens. So, so that, that's my that's that's probably like my personal uh, you know bucket list checkoff. So I, I, I dove into that first, but easily the most high profile event that we're having in the track this year is the Jim Henson Creature Shop Challenge live. That's crazy. I, I it's nuts. I wouldn't even have imagined that could happen. Like how I don't even understand how is this happening. Well, I'll tell you. Um, so I'm I so glad you're here to clear this up. Yeah, uh, that's why I'm here. Um, I start my conversations with Henson about what we want to do together in January. So it's a very, very, very long process. And early on in that process, normally it's like, okay, well, what's coming out? We're going to, you know, this year it was like, all right, let's talk about Dark Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. We're going to talk about Happy Time Murders. You know, we knew, we kind of knew that there was stuff that we were going to try to hit on. Um and just sort of in those conversations, they said, they said, we have this idea. What do you think about Jim Henson's Creature Shop Challenge Live? Because the show had a really strong following, and they're very proud of what they did on the show, which I loved. Um, and they've been to Dragon Con, and they recognize that the, that, the, that the level of fabrication that they were witnessing walking around the convention was amazing. 
And they felt that Dragon Con, not Comic Con, was the place to do this. Oh, wow. And it's a huge honor for the convention. It's a huge honor for the puppetry track. Um, and we're doing it. It's, it is a, it is, there's a lot of, of moving parts to it, but it's happening. And we announced it, uh, we announced that it was happening earlier, you know, a couple of months ago. And then we announced the specific challenge, which is a Farscape challenge. So the very specific challenge, just like the show has a specific challenge, is that they need to create the, the challenge. The specific challenge is titled Citizens of the Uncharted Territories, which is the area of space that most of the show Farscape takes place in, which happens to be one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Highly recommended. Um, so the idea is to create an alien creature that fits into the world of Farscape. The requirements are that it has to have a costuming element, it has to have a mechanical element, and it has to be able to be performed by the creator. It is very... And we only announced the specific challenge three weeks ahead of the convention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, well, that's... Mimic, I saw the... To mimic the time constraint of the television show. Right. Um, so people have three weeks to build a creature based on the creative brief that was released by Henson, follow the rules that Henson and DragonCon agreed upon. There'll be a prejudging, a private prejudging session where all of the contestants meet with the judges, who will be Brian Henson, Kirk Thatcher, and Hallie Stanford, who is the president of television for Henson Company and the executive producer of Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. They will be judged during prejudging. Then we will have a live event at 4 o'clock on Friday that is open to the public. So it'll be like the masquerade. You know, public can come in. Each of the, each of the contestants gets two minutes on stage to perform their character. We'll do a voiceover. Uh, Gigi Edgley from Farscape, who played um, uh, Chiana on Farscape will be the host, just like she was on the television show, and she will read the 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 you know the what the what the what the contestant has submitted. They'll they get the choice to play music, so there there will be you know they'll get two minutes of music, and they'll come out, they'll perform just like a just like the masquerade, and then at the end of end of that public showing, the judges will announce the winner. The winner will receive a $700 stipend to travel to either the Creature Shop in New York or the Creature Shop in California and get a private tour of the Creature Shop. That is amazing. It is amazing. Um, it, is, it, is, it is a huge event, and that, Dragon, and, and that Henson Company put their, put their trust in myself and in DragonCon to do this for the very first time um, is a huge honor. Uh, the event will will be live streamed on DragonCon TV and available to watch on DragonCon TV after the fact if you have a DragonCon TV streaming membership. That's awesome. So that is that is the crown jewel uh, of the the track, pretty much um, publicity wise. We were very excited about it and. Uh, I made sure that it was happening 
not when I'm over at the Center for Puppetry Arts. Yeah, right, right. Hosting the, the Puppet Slam over there. Um, so that that's definitely the biggest Henson event. Um, the other big event, the other big uh, section of, of it that we have is Sesame Street. And we're honored to welcome back Carol Spinney and his wife, Deborah Spinney. Uh, Carol played Big Bird and, and Oscar the Grouts on Sesame Street from the beginning. You know, and for those of you who don't know, most of the main characters on the show have been replaced at this point. Yeah. Um, he played Big Bird and Oscar uh, from the beginning all the way to only, you know, a couple of years ago when he physically wasn't able to perform the part anymore. Um, and this is a, this is a big tour, touring year for Carol. Um, so for those of you who want to, you know, see Carol... This is this is the year to do it. I don't want to go too much into it, but this is the year. Um, we are going to have a very very special event called Honor That Bird, where DragonCon attendees can submit via email at honorthatbird at gmail dot com their personal memories of how Big Bird and or Oscar have touched their lives, uh, and we will pre screen. Because this is DragonCon, and we do not just hand over the mic to folks right. uh, for very good reasons. Um, we will pre-screen those emails, and we will alert the people that will have the chance to get up and um, get the mic and give their message to Carol about how Big Bird uh, or Oscar or, or Carol, because a lot of people have met Carol in person, uh, especially puppeteers. And... Uh, and how he has, you know, been special to them and important to them. So that that event will be will be hosted by uh, our wonderful Stacy Gordon, and, along with uh, Deborah Spinney, uh, Carol's wife, who who has been with them, you know, through this whole Big Bird uh, Big Bird life, um, to give those to to give those messages in in person to Carol. And it's going to be really special. They they actually just did it at Gen Con. So we are we are following in Gen Con's uh, in Gen Con's footsteps, and from what I've heard from Stacy, who is the puppetry programming director at Gen Con, um, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. It's going to be incredibly moving and beautiful, and anybody who wants to get their cry on, honor that bird uh, is is where you want to be. I, I've heard nothing but wonderful stories. Uh, about Mr. Spinney and and about encounters with him, panels with him, everything are are apparently all just pure magic. Well, and I'll tell you what, you know, man, when when he was here two years ago, he and Debbie invited all of the Puppetry Track volunteers up to their suite, and we all got time with Carol. Oh wow. And he, he autographed whatever you wanted to autograph. He sat and talked with, with all of us. And it was beautiful. And because most of the people that work in my track are puppeteers. And there is an understanding amongst us as a community. And Carol recognizes that and honored that. And gave us that very incredibly special time. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing him. Yeah, yeah, I think it's fantastic that uh, 
that he's coming back, but also that Dragon Con is seen as such an important part of the world of puppetry to to attract an individual like him and for and for events like what you're talking about so the the other big sesame thing that we've got going on this year is we have the humans of sesame street so we have the actors who performed the characters of bob gordon and louise and those those folks will be available in the walk of fame and then they will also be part of all the the main sesame street panels that we have scheduled this year uh, most of them will be main events, but we have a specific panel just for them in the puppetry track called Being Human, which is all about the, the specifics of what is it like to be the human actor on a puppet show? What are all those people doing on the floor? Um, so I'm really <laughs> looking forward to that. I think that's I think that's going to be really fun. Um, and the amazing Stacey Gordon uh, has is will be moderating. Um, almost all of our puppetry track, all of our Sesame events, because as a performer on the show, she knows those people personally. Yes. And that's the best thing that you could want in a moderator. So we're really excited to have Stacy uh, leading those events. Now, what is, you mentioned the, the four different uh, aspects of the track this year, Henson, Sesame Street, uh, the the National Slam and MST3K, but let me ask you what what now is the line between Henson and Sesame Street? Like those, uh, obviously they're entertainment wise they're they're different styled entities, but a, as far as their involvement with one another, what is it at this point? Uh, there's they share a lot of talent. Because a lot of the Sesame Street puppeteers are also Muppet puppeteers, which is actually Disney, which isn't Henson. Um, the, the Henson properties fall under three main categories. The Sesame stuff is owned by Sesame Workshop. Um, the Muppets are owned by Disney. And then Henson owns the Fraggles, Jim Henson Storyteller Series, Farscape, Dark Crystal, Labyrinth, that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the three sort of companies. So, you know, when we work with Sesame, it's, it's very different than working with Henson. Um, cause it's just a different organization. Uh, you know, that's, that's just, that's what it is. Um, there, it's different when I deal with, uh, it, it, it varies. Um, this year is actually very unusual. Uh, we, we hit a weird, I guess milestone. I'm not sure if that's the right word, but the Sesame guests applied to Dragon Con as traditional guests, which means that they that their agents went through Dragon Con rather than what traditionally happens in my track, where I approach guests and invite them. Oh, right, right. So that's new to me. Um, and it's great. We, I'm, I'm super excited to have all the wonderful Sesame programming that we have this year. Um, but it's been a little, it's been a little unusual for me because a lot of those communications, uh, I was not involved in. So I worked, I worked sort of later in the game, much later in the game than I normally do figuring out their programming. Um, 
and and you know and especially with the with the humans um that's new territory for me too so it's been a big learning curve it's been you know sort of like okay well this is what success looks like i guess um you know puppet properties are directly contacting the convention to come without me doing the ask so so that's been new for me which like i said it's is what you've done in creating this is dragon con is now it's like a known destination now absolutely and and that's always been one of my goals uh just like one of my goals is that puppeteers are coming to the convention even though they're not involved in programming they're coming to the convention because Dragon Con is, is, at the end of the day, for puppeteers, the best puppetry festival in the Southeast. And I've got a lot of people coming this year who aren't involved in programming, which is a huge deal to me. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. But, but it's again, it, it has the reputation now. you, you got to be there. You're, you're going to... I'm sure from a learning aspect from an entertainment aspect from a networking aspect like it, it has become an invaluable part of that uh profession that's what i want well good job thank you <laughs> so we've got some great sesame street stuff uh to really to, to sort of enhance uh, i guess Carol's presence. Yeah, the the, the Sesame, Street, Sesame Street stuff is broken up into a couple of different panels. Um, we have general panels called A Visit from Sesame Street Friends on Friday, uh, which is just a very general panel with the guests. Then we have more specific panels like Near and Far Beyond the Street, uh, which is really about Sesame Street's global reach. You know, Sesame Street not only has the original American show been broadcast across the world, but there are specific separate versions of Sesame Street for other countries. And so that so for Carol for Carol, that is a is is a lot about how how the show has taken Carol and Debbie around the world. I mean, Big Bird walked on the Great Wall of China. Yeah, yeah. That happened. Um, but then also for the humans, you know, you've got characters like Louise and, and Gordon who, for many people, were some of, you know, were some of the first African-American or Latino characters that, that, that other people of the culture saw on TV represented. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, and, I mean, that, that so was... There, so there's feedback. So there's, so there's letters... And, and feedback from people around the world saying, you were the first person I ever saw on television that looked and acted like me, you know, and, and it's about representation. So that's hugely important and, and I think very interesting. Well, um, also yeah. in, in exposing kids to different cultures exactly. and different kinds of people. Exactly. Um, we've got groundbreaking television, Sesame Street's early years, which is about specifically about those early years. Um, what it was like to be on the show from day one. 
and and then and then how uh, and then we've got Bob's apartment to the fix it shop stories from the street, which is more about how the show's evolved because Sesame Street's always been an educational show, and the way that we uh, understand educating children has evolved since the '60s, and so the show has evolved along with it, and so that panel's really about the changes the show has gone through over the years to reflect what the children's educational needs are. Um, so, yeah, so we've got lots of different Sesame program uh, programming events to highlight the different aspects of, of the show. And then we've got, uh, do you want to talk about the, the National Slam a little bit? I do, yeah. So the National Slam will be at the Center for Puppetry Arts uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And it is, it is, it is, we do this every two years and it is bonkers, uh, because myself and, and, and all the members of the cast have to leave Dragon Con, go over to the center, do the show, then come back. And, uh, so it means that there are huge blocks of time. And do you have like a bus? How do you do this? We have shuttles. The center with the center comes over with shuttles and we all, we all meet up outside the Marriott, and we get in that shuttle, and we go over to the center, and we do the show, and we get back in the shuttle, and we come back. That makes me feel better because um, I was concerned you were like Ubering over there, and that just seems really chaotic. No, we're we're a little more prepared than that. That's good. Um, That's good. There is a great, great many schedules that I am responsible for organizing. <laughs> that being one of them. You wouldn't you wouldn't um, want to leave you wouldn't want to leave it to random car operators to get your people there. Not so much. Um, so, so we'll do the National Slam, which is it's a really great lineup, excellent performers, and I encourage everyone to go try to catch one of those shows at the center, and then come back to Dragon Con, and and then then take workshops with those actor with those puppeteers. Um, so some of those that you have the options to do are clowning and puppetry. How to incorporate clowning into your puppetry? How to incorporate puppetry into your clowning? We have some very very talented clowns. Um, in in the cast this year, who are all you know, obviously are also puppeteers, so that's really fun. We have our tr- some of our traditional panels that we do every year. So you want to be a puppeteer? It's all about how do you get into the industry? What are the accessible resources that are available to people interested in becoming a puppeteer? Um, one of the new, I think, very exciting new ones we have this year is called Activism Through Puppetry and Cosplay, which is about using cosplay and puppetry puppetry specifically has a very long long history of an involvement in in social activism sure um there are many laws against having puppets or laws that are specifically designed against having puppets at demonstrations because they say you have a stick and so the rules are about not having a stick because puppetry is exceptionally powerful uh, as a means of activism. And so we, we have a wonderful panel that is about um, how cosplay and, and puppetry uh, can be used in social activism. I, I might and, be mistaken, but aren't there countries where puppetry is illegal? Is, um, that, is that crazy to say? Why do I think that? It's 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 puppetry has been illegal in countries at times. Generally, um, there are like I said, there are laws that aren't they don't specifically outlaw puppetry, but they are laws that specifically 
are designed to target puppeteers. Right, right. Um, without using the word puppetry. So it's you cannot have large sticks. So they say, because parade puppets are almost always large rod puppets. Right. Um, that people are carrying out in the street. And so they say, oh, that's, that's illegal because it's a weapon. Because it's a giant stick. Right. Right. So, so while that law does not specifically forbid puppetry, it is designed in such a way to forbid puppetry because the powers that be at that time recognize that puppetry is a powerful tool for social change. Okay. Um, and they wish to suppress that. Um, so that's definitely something completely different for us this year. The track has never gotten political before. The point, the point of the, the, of the event is not to be political. Um, it's not going to take a side. Um, right. But it is about uh, the history of uh, puppetry and activism. Um, I mean, Punch and Judy was social activism. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, you, you, it, it's very hard. It's very, you can't separate puppetry from activism. Well, I mean, if, if, you, you even, if you're a even, student of puppetry history. Even looking at the they, Muppets. Yeah. I mean, even the Muppet um, show. Uh, they didn't get overtly political, but you but know it's there. I mean, it's absolutely it is there. there. You yeah, you sure. can yeah. The uh, it's not one of the more overt examples, but you can watch the Muppet Show and you can see where they're coming from. Yeah, which is which is um, why I, I'd be very. I, I don't know if my schedule will work out. I'd be very interested in that panel because that is a fine line to tread. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm I'm confident that my presenters will not um, tip the scale. Well, kudos they to will, them. They will address it as, as, as you know as a academic subject uh, without expressing particular opinions. Because um, regardless of any political you know political opinions that people might have, I respect the fact. That Dragon Con is a safe space. Yes, and it is a place that many of us go, especially in the current climate, to escape that. Absolutely, one thousand percent. Yes. <laughs> so um, there's that. But I think that it's a very interesting and exciting idea. Yeah, definitely, um, definitely. Uh, as far as program is concerned, um, a lot of the the National Slam puppeteers will, of course, be at the Magic Puppet Tea Party. Hosted by the beautiful and wonderful Stacey Gordon. Um, this year's theme is a royalty party. So crack open those crowns, dust off those tiaras, because it's a royalty party this year. Oh my. Uh, let's see. Well, let's let me go through the National Slam stuff. Now, real quick, we discuss the Magic Puppet Tea Party every year. Uh, but I do want for listeners who may not have heard prior years, uh, you, a human can show up, but they have to be accompanied by a puppet, correct? Only puppets allowed. Yes. Uh, but it don't feel like it has to... You don't have to have built this puppet yourself. It doesn't have to be something you crafted yourself. But you do have to have a puppet. Is that correct? Yes, you are not allowed through the door without a puppet. You but may can... buy that puppet... Ah, here we go. ...puppetry merch table right outside that door. Yes, um, the, the Magic Puppet Tea Party has a specific mission. The mission of the Tea Party is that amateur puppeteers and puppet builders 
can be in the same room with professional puppeteers and their puppets and learn by example. It's couched in the setting of a social mixer, but the mission of, of the event is learning by osmosis. It was the first event that we created after my first year where my big takeaway from the first year was this was entirely too academic. We were doing puppetry 101. We were doing glove puppetry 101, monitor workshop, shadow puppetry 101. And and I didn't want it to feel like school. And well, the Magic Puppet Tea Party is a way to learn puppetry by example within a fun social setting. Well, and also learning by doing, which which for me, exactly. not for everybody, but for me is the best way to learn anything. The reason we do it on Friday and not Saturday or Sunday is because there are less children at Dragon Con on Friday than Saturday and Sunday. Right. The, the point is not for kids to be running around in a room waving puppets over their heads. While we, don't dis- while we don't turn those children away if they show up with a puppet, that's not really what it's about. Right. You know, we're happy that those kids are there if they're there, and, and hey, that's great. Come, come to our tea party. But the real purpose is to get a professional puppeteer and an amateur puppeteer's puppets talking to each other. And living and breathing in that moment. Because that amateur puppeteer is learning insane amounts, whether they know it or not, mm-hmm. in that moment. Yeah. And that's the magic part of the tea party. That's good. I should keep that. You, Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I, for the listeners, have just opened up my DragonCon app, which is currently updated, available. Uh, you can go in there and look at everything that we're talking about. You can even narrow it down to the puppetry track and just look at what's there. And I am putting the Magic Puppet Tea Party on my schedule right now as we speak. You bring, you, and and you, Bo Brown, what do you puppet know? are you going to bring? Uh, I don't Sorry, know what yet. What puppet is bringing you? Uh, it's, I might bring my Angel Puppet from the Smile Time episode of Angel. Ooh. Uh but I also might just buy a puppet on site because I believe Stacy Gordon has uh, is bringing something for me. We have a bunch of wonderful vendors. All of our vendors are actual participants in the track. So by purchasing puppets at the puppetry merch table, you are supporting the people creating the programming that you are enjoying. Absolutely. And once these panels are done, then you go into that app and you rate the panels and give feedback. Please do. Absolutely. Uh, so the other big, the other, I think probably the other, the, actually the highest profile event of the National Slam cast, which I'm super excited about, is Puppet Ninja Warrior. Dude, what is even going, I've seen, I've seen two posts about it now. I'm sure there are more than that out there, but you know how crappy Facebook is. Please explain this to me. Puppet Ninja Warrior is an insane idea, and I'm so, so unbelievably excited for the national slam cast members that submit that, that, that we work this out with. Um, so tabletop puppetry is a very specific style of puppetry that involves a full body puppet. So head, shoulders, arms, body, legs performed by three people. So those three people, uh, generally the breakdown is lead puppeteer on back on head and lead arm, second puppeteer on torso and 
uh, uh, second arm, and third puppeteer on feet. Those three puppeteers work completely together to create an entire human body's worth of movement. We are creating obstacle courses <laughs> like Ninja Warrior. Oh. We will accept 15 contestants chosen at random from the people who wish to put their hat into the ring to participate. We will divide those people randomly into, uh, what is it, five, five, five teams of three? Yeah. Right, five teams of three. They will get a puppet. And they will compete Olympic style, Ninja Warrior style, um, on obstacle course events created all with cardboard. There were a team of three judges that will judge them just like just like the Olympics. They have dry erase boards. And they will hold up one to ten on the individual team's uh, performance. The winners of round one which is on Saturday, we'll move on to round two on Sunday. We'll have a separate round on uh, another round of 15 people on Sunday. And then at the end of that, the winner of round two and the winner of round one will face off for the final challenge. And the winning team of three puppeteers will receive fabulous prizes provided by the puppetry track. Man, that's amazing. I I can't even imagine what kind of spectacle. It's going to be bonkers. Yeah, it really is. Because it, here's here's the thing. is th- These are puppeteers. These are some of the most creative people available. Uh, and, and I say things like that all the time, and I mean it. I'm not just saying that because Bo Brown is on the show. Uh, it's not just going to be little figures running the course. I mean, these are these are entertainers. These are innovative individuals. This is going to be ridiculous. There are also specific challenges like run to this, do this obstacle to this music. Do this <laughs> obstacle in slow motion. <laughs> so we need oh, you it's to... It's going to be slow motion chariots of fire shit. Need, That's, that is happening. We need you to climb this wall, sadly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you have to emote. Right. Puppet has to emote. Right. Oh, that's amazing. What a great idea. Is this yours or did somebody else come up with this? This was submitted but this was submitted by the the cast the National Slam cast members. Oh wow. Their their piece, their this group's piece in in this in the show is an incredibly, unbelievably well performed um, you know, uh uh troop multiple puppeteers on a puppet ensemble performance piece. So this is their specialty. They're coming all the way from Portland. And, um, you know, when when we were talking about what they wanted to do, they pitched the idea. I said, I loved it. How do we make it happen? So I've been saving cardboard. All my Amazon boxes and, <laughs> and Super 7 boxes are stacked up in a corner of the basement waiting to go to Dragon Con to be turned into the obstacle course. Well, as much as Looking Super right 7, now. as much as Super 7 charges for shipping, those must be some nice boxes. They're very nice boxes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Uh what else have you got going on that's slam related? All right. So so that's like a really cool fun event. Um then uh 
We're doing the, shat- the Shadow Cabarets back this year, which is one of my favorite things we do. Shadow Puppets only variety show. That's Saturday at 11.30. Um, you're going to see some beautiful, amazing, amazing stuff. Um, you know, shadow puppets are, are what is considered by puppet historians to be the oldest form of puppetry. And what's one of my favorite, I'm, I'm personally not a, not an adept shadow puppet performer, but it's one of my favorite styles to watch because it's so versatile and very easy to pack up because the puppets are very small and flat. Uh, <laughs> right. So it's easy to bring to Dragon Con. But you um, better be organized. Bo, but it is, yeah, but you got everything's <laughs> got to be stacked up in order of things that appear in. Right. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, so that, that brings me to an important point is that, um, well, let me let me finish off the National Slime people, then I'll, then I'll get to that. Uh, yeah. So then Sunday, we've got Lion Hill back with using paper and puppetry, which is a really cool, really cool panel about, like, it's very accessible. It makes puppetry accessible to people. A lot of people are, are um, turned off because they think you have to build these crazy puppets. Uh, and it's really complicated. There's all these materials that, that people don't understand. Um, and, and Lion's panel really makes puppetry accessible because a lot of what he does, he just uses paper. Um, so it, it really demystifies and tries to take a lot of the intimidation out of the art form. Um, then uh, Lion Hill, again, who is one of my one of my best friends in the puppetry community, uh, whose work I have an incredible amount of respect for. Um, I want everybody to listen to this. At 2.30 on Sunday, Lion Hill will be performing his show, Tales of Woe, the work of Edgar Allan Poe. Oh. This is a puppet show of pieces based on the work of Edgar Allan Poe. He developed it at the O'Neill Puppetry Conference this year, and I'm telling you guys, this show will knock the crap clean out of your ass. It's <laughs> amazing. It is it uses huge variety of styles of puppetry. It is incredibly moving and beautiful and scary and funny and just it is it is of all we don't have very many traditional straight up puppet shows in the lineup this year. The way things worked out, this is the one. Do not miss it. We had a lot of really incredible shows last year. This is the one. Go see Tales of Woe. All right. Speech, speech over. Well done. Um, you put that over well. Thank you. I, I, I have seen it. I have seen it, and it is it is amazing. Um, that's, yeah, so that's about it. That's the highlights for the National Sand Puppeteers. So now I want to get to these, these interesting blocks of time, because there are blocks of time when myself... And the National Slam cast are gone. So what do you do? Well, I have had the incredible pleasure of bringing in Monkey Boys Productions to be those people doing that stuff. So they have some very challenging schedules because all of their programming happens in all next to each other. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So... um. Monkey Boys Productions, um, they are a puppetry company that uh, what they're probably most famous for is building props for Saturday Night Live. So if you've seen the bit with uh, the past uh, press secretary Richard Spencer and he had the like 
podium that was like driving through the city and was like the podium was like attacking people. They built that. Basically, they're the company when Saturday Night Live needs a really wacky prop or puppet. They're the people that Saturday Night Live calls. Oh, wow. That's very cool. Yeah. So a bunch of the folks from Monkey Boys Productions are coming. They also have a web series called Welcome to Anadonia, which I encourage everybody to go check out right now and get familiar with all the cool characters and everything. They will be doing a screening of the show with TalkBack, and they'll also be filming a live episode. So uh, come see the show, the screening, watch the show, learn the characters, and then come see their actual live show. They'll also be doing a really, really amazing, uh, complicated show in the Slam this year. Um, but the, and then they're also teaching a bunch of cool workshops like comedy and character building, puppetry and props on a deadline, writing and directing for puppets. Um, so and they'll be they'll be working with in the monitor workshop for puppetry and TV and film with Stacy. Uh, so they're really filling in those those blocks of time when, um, basically, the Henson stuff isn't happening uh, uh, because I need to be there to make sure it happens. Right. Uh, and the National Slamcast and myself are gone. So so they're they're my pitch hitters. They those guys are coming in bringing really really cool amazing programming. Um, during those specific blocks of time when the National Slam is happening. So. Go check out all their stuff. Check out their show online. Take a look. What is the um, show again? It's called Welcome to Anhedonia. Okay, and and I will recommend for the listeners, go check it out because there have been so many times at different conventions where I've sat in on a panel that was really cool, and you can still dig it if you're not familiar with the subject matter, but I've sat down, enjoyed the heck out of a panel but really wished I had had more familiarity with the subject matter going in. So this is a cool opportunity to to get in beforehand, get to know these guys' stuff, and then go to Dragon Con and have that context that you might not otherwise have. Absolutely. Um, yeah, they're really cool guys. They've been really easy to work with. Um, I'm very excited to have them come. Uh, so So there's that. And then also during those blocks of times, your panel is happening. Would you oh, like to talk about that? Man, I would love to talk about that. Uh, just a few episodes ago on the Needless Things podcast, I had, thanks to Mr. Bo Brown, I had the honor and the delight of speaking with Kirk Thatcher, who is absolutely amazing. If you guys haven't listened to that episode yet, uh, I believe it was 225. Uh, you, you need to go back and listen to it. He's a delight. I cannot wait to meet him. I cannot wait to talk to him more and record what will technically be the second part of that episode uh, because I will be moderating a panel with Kirk. Now, granted, that means I'm really not going to be talking a whole lot <laughs> because that man has so many stories, so much enthusiasm, and so much energy uh, that uh, basically it's going to be me sitting down and saying, all right, Henson and puppetry go. Uh, but I, I, I'm so excited about this panel. It's, it's one of the highlights of my dragon con. Uh, and I, I just can't wait for it. And that is Friday night at eight thirty PM in, I believe it's in the puppetry track room. Correct. Correct. It's a seven Oh four. Okay. Uh, and it, it's going to be awesome. You guys don't want to miss it. Kirk is delightful. 
I, I just I can't wait. The, one of the first things you're probably going to see from me at DragonCon is as soon as I run into that guy, uh, I will be taking pictures with him because he's awesome. He is. Um, completely agree. Uh, other other sort of things that don't fall into the categories, uh, we've got a screening of Yamasong, March of the Hollows, which is the first full-length puppet feature film made since Team America World Police. Also featuring a former Needless Things Mr. Guest, Sam Soji Hale. Yes, who is, who is also awesome and delightful, and who I was very happy to see joined the, the podcast group after our interview. He's, he's really fun. I like him. No, Sam's amazing. And that film, that film is gorgeous and, and incredibly beautiful in, in the amount of technical puppetry that's in it. I mean, there is some really, really hardcore puppetry going on in that film. Is it okay uh-huh. to say, I, I don't mean this in any kind of negative way towards puppetry, but in watching it, you sort of forget you're looking at puppets. Oh, absolutely! No, that's a testament to how good it is. Okay. No, that that the dra- puppetry is an illusion. It's a right. trick that we right. play on you to make you think that something is alive when it isn't, and that means it's working. <laughs> and I want a toy line now. Yeah, totally, absolutely. Um, no, so that's happening, and then also Sam and his producer Mallory will be featured on. The Under the Puppet Podcast Live, which uh, is hosted by Grant, um, who performs along in MST3K, and he just recently received induction into the Podcasting Hall of Fame. Oh, fantastic. Bucket list for Mr. Dave. Yeah, yeah, someday. Someday I'll get yeah. there. Uh, so, so ask him how you do that, because he <laughs> <Right>. did <laughs> Um, uh, so there's that. And then I think, let's see, last, last things to touch on, I guess would be, um, there is a mystery offsite mystery Simon Cedar 3000 event that has yet to be announced. Oh, huh. It will be offsite. It will not be in a host hotel. Stay tuned to the puppetry track website for news. That's interesting. Um, and then I will, uh, can I? Uh, I would like to to share. So every now and then, not not often, an opportunity comes along that n- not that all of the work that I do doesn't have a payoff. Obviously, it does. But every now and then, something comes along that really makes it all worthwhile. And and this year is one of those times. So I'm I'm working with a mystery three K, and we're talking about logistics because we're talking about the fundraiser. We're talking about the live event at the center. We're talking about Dragon Con. There's a lot going on, a lot of balls in the air, a lot of a lot of things to figure out. And included in one of those emails said, "Oh, by the way, do you have two local puppeteers?" who could perform Tom and Crow in the convertible with Joel and Jonah during the parade. Oh, wow. And it was one of those moments where I said, I get to do that. That's me. You're right. I, it's me. I, I get that. That's, that's, that's my payoff, right? Um... 
So I'm going to be a puppeteer. I'm going to be down on the floor of that car looking at Joel's knee. <laughs> you know? Yeah. With with Tom or Crow over my head for all those amazing thousands and thousands of parade people. I don't I don't get a chance other than the slam and the janitors, you know, uh I do so much more work organizing puppets. Right. Then I get the chance to actually perform them. Yeah, yeah. And the opportunity to perform a character that is a childhood character of mine that I grew up watching, um, created by an artist who I have such an incredible amount of respect for, uh, is just life-affirming. That all of the sacrifices I've made and work that I have done over these years, every now and then, I get a win like that, you know? Yeah, that uh, it's huge. And so uh, I, I asked my volunteer and education director at the Center for Puppetry Arts, Loretta Baumgartner, who is an incredibly good friend, an incredible ally, uh, professionally and personally, to have the honor of performing one of those characters with me. And she's a huge fan. And it it means the world to her, just like it does me, to have that honor and opportunity. Uh, so that'll be me down on the floor of that car performing those characters and I it is one of those moments that really makes all the work worth it I mean to to put it into context this is getting to play guitar with Metallica this is this is getting to act with Christopher Walken, this is, I mean, th- this is absolutely incredible. Yeah, it is. And uh, you, and you deserve every single bit of it. Uh, you, you and have, so does Aretha, you, you know, uh, you are, you're tireless. <laughs> oh, I'm very tired. <laughs> Although you'll have tires in the parade. Yeah. Badoom. But I haven't actually been in the parade. I haven't been in the parade since, I used to walk with the Doctor Who group years ago. Uh, so, have you even gotten to watch the parade? In the I last don't few watch years? the parade. Yeah, I, wow. I sleep. Usually, I sleep through the parade, yeah. and then I get up and I go put out whatever fire, whatever fires I have in my texts and my emails when I get up. Right, right. Uh, and that's my morning. But, uh, but no, Saturday morning, man. I'm going to be down there at parade, parade marshal time getting in that car with those characters, and uh, it's it, it means the world to me. Well, that's fantastic, man. I'm, I'm so happy for you. What an awesome opportunity. And to, you know, not just to be one of those characters, but also uh, to, to be performing with Joel Hodgson. I mean, that's your – it's – for that 
kind of crowd in that kind of event. This is this is Dragon Con and you know, like you said, a childhood passion coming together. Yep. And you are at the center of it. That's beautiful. So uh that's that's definitely been the thing that's really been sort of like the guiding light of of this whole year when when that happened. I uh Not that I needed an extra, you know, boost of wind in my sails or anything, but it was definitely something that really helped uh, drive home why I do this and the opportunity to share that experience with Aretta, who's given me so much of her time and her talent uh, and her positivity over the years to be able to give that opportunity to her and pay her back. Um, just means the world to me. So, uh, I'm just super stoked. It, it's it's the best. Um, well, that's awesome, man. I I'm so happy for you. And and like I said, though your your hard work, your dedication, your passion is 100 percent what led to this. So it, I mean it 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 couldn't be any more perfect. Well, thank you. So yeah, it's a good year. I mean it's it's a it's, it's it is it feels like it's more than we've ever done by adding MST3K in there on top of the Sesame Street stuff with the heads of stuff and the National Slam. It's a really busy year. We we basically almost have two events going on simultaneously the entire the entire week or the entire run of the con, which is just bonkers. Uh, but you know, I have I have the best team, and I know they can handle it, and I know we can handle it, and it's going to be awesome. So what you're saying is next year there's probably going to be a puppetry track and a puppetry classics track? <laughs> no, actually, I have some very specific ideas about next year. Um, of course you do. That are going to really change up what we've been doing for the last couple of years. Oh, next year's wow. going to be weird and different. That's and good, though. That's good. It is. It's time. It's time. It's time to really shake it up. I think a lot of the stuff that we that we do every year isn't going to happen. I think that we're going to take either a break or we're just going to change. Uh, I don't know if that's, you know, I don't know if we'll come back to it the year after, but I'm really going into next year because I'm me and I'm already thinking about next year. Um, and I actually already have some guests lined up that are very different from what we've done in the past. And I think one of my main goals, we're doing some of it this year, and I think we're succeeding, but a lot of, I think, my focus next year is going to be to create programming less about the pop culture stuff. Obviously, that'll still be there. Sure. But a lot of what I'm going to do next year is going to be targeted specifically at professional puppeteers coming as attendees not as guests not as pros but creating the kind of programming that makes people go i'm coming this year for this because this has never been done before you're a brave man that is what i do it's it's because that that pop culture is a very reliable crutch no and it's not a crutch i mean I'm sure that we're, we are. I, I know for a fact that we're probably. I mean, we're, we will do Dark Age, uh, Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, 
will have come out, and will a lot of our Henson Company focus is going to be on that. Um, but there's going to be a lot of the stuff that that is the normal meat of the track is going to be a lot different next year. Uh, I'm bringing in puppeteers. Pro- I'm, I'm planning on bringing in some puppeteers who are only famous within the puppetry community. So they're not people that your average pop culture fan is familiar with. But they will but be would, after next year. But they are unbelievably amazing people at the very top of our list within our community. Right, right. So yeah, so that's going to happen. Well, Bo, I don't know what better way to wrap up than with a sneak peek at next year's puppetry track. I didn't even expect that. That is awesome. Uh, man, I'm excited. I can tell you're excited and, and all kinds of different emotions. And the emotions run strong here, yeah. And uh, right now, we're a week away, but when this posts, it'll be tomorrow. So... <laughs> <laughs> Which means you have less than a week to finish your creatures for the Creature Shop Challenge. That Well, I mean, this will go up the Wednesday before Dragon Con oh, right, officially right, right. begins. Which means, so, creature, which means pencils down. Students. Right, right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and that's time. And done. <laughs> so, awesome. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, well, Bo Brown, thank you. All. Thank you so much for coming on the show, for sharing uh, this, you know, not just the stuff about the puppetry track but something that's such a beautiful part of your life uh with needless things and with our listeners and man i can't wait to see you i can't just wait to see you too man it's gonna be great it is Thank gonna you. be great gotta- so uh the only thing left to say is good journey yes every time thank you Bo. thank you dave i had no idea going into that conversation that this was going to end up being a very special episode of the Needless Things podcast, and it's it was very, uh, very touching to hear Bo share that the way he did. I mean, obviously he got very emotional, and there in my life I have met uh, very few people more wonderful than Bo Brown, if, if any, honestly. He has been a huge part of me being able to do a lot of the things that I do. He is nothing but supportive and cooperative and just absolutely lovely. So I couldn't be happier that he's having the opportunity uh, to live one of his dreams. I think it's absolutely amazing. Uh, I would also like to dial back my Joel Hodgson love just a tad because in listening back to that I almost sound a little stalkery and I do love Joel Hodgson but like I, I don't know I feel like I came across a little weird in that but but you know we'll see it's, I, I would love to meet him and, and it would be cool I'm, I wouldn't freak out or anything uh, I, I would love to interview the guy, but that kind of stuff usually doesn't work out. It doesn't. I mean, I, look, I'll, I'll try. I'll see what I can do. But, you know, I, I, you have to keep your, your hopes high and your expectations low. How about that? 
Well, my expectations are currently super-duper high for this weekend, so there's nothing I can do about it. Expectations and hopes are throttled up to 11, people. It's very exciting, and I've got oodles and oodles and oodles of more stuff to do, although thank you to the lovely Ryan Cadaver uh, for taking care of some stuff for the game show. That's awesome. Uh, I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Needless Things Podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vix employee. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.